We love who you are. Be glorified this morning. As we worship together, all across Prince Albert, all across the land, maybe even in different countries, as we worship together, be exalted. Jesus, we love you. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. It's so good to see your faces. <laughs> Just kidding. I'll see them in the spirit realm. <laughs> um, I'm excited about this morning. I'm going to talk about something that I have been mulling around in my heart for the last, I don't know, couple of weeks, probably. It's just been a theme that's been in my heart that I've been thinking about and, and processing and God's been talking to me about. And, and that's thankfulness, being thankful. And we may talk about this next week as well, but I, I, I want to lay a foundation of some of the things that's been in my heart that God's been showing me. Um, so the first one in 1 Chronicles 16.34, it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. It says, give thanks. It's a command. Give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because he's good. Because he's good. Why, what do I have to be thankful for? That God is good. That he is good all the time. And that his mercy endures forever. The Bible, if you, if you were to um, open it up, and you begin to look for all of the times that it tells you to be thankful, it's a ton of times. It says it all the time. Be thankful. You have something to be thankful for. The Lord is good. In James 1.17 it says, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, the creator and the sustainer of the heavens, in whom there is no variation, no rising or setting or shadow, cast by his turning for he is perfect and he never changes every good gift every good gift comes from the father that's something else to be thankful for that every good gift that I have in my life is from God is from God but I had this conversation with someone just the other day is something that God showed me a while ago that there is gifts in every situation that I walk through that God has a good gift for me in every situation. If I'm walking through circumstances, if I'm walking through hard times, God, there's gifts that God will um, lay there for me to pick up if I choose to see it. But how I see it is through eyes of thankfulness. That if I begin to look through the filter of my heart that's thankful, I will begin to see good gifts in things. For instance, and I know this one seems a little bit sad, and, and, but you know, when my mom, when she was sick, um, she never went to the hospital and uh, we took care of her at home. And um, my mom and my, or excuse me, my dad and my grandma and myself, we would take turns taking care of her as she was um, getting ready to pass away. But as we did this, there was moments that some of the, most, the best memories that I, I will carry of my mom. There were times that I got to spend with her. There were, there were moments of healing that happened even before she passed away. There were good gifts in the middle of circumstances. Times that I maybe wouldn't have been able to spend with her or have with her had she not been at home. Good gifts. But it's all about your perspective 
and how, how the eyes of your heart see things. Am I thankful in situations? Do I see the good gifts that God has laid out? Did my mom, or did God cause my mom to be sick? Absolutely not. But did he have good gifts for me in every situation? Absolutely, he did. Eyes of thankfulness. It's like when you read in the Bible, the apostles, um, there's, there's one portion of it, well, I mean, they were beaten lots, but there was one portion of it where, where they, the Bible says that they were beaten, they were flogged, like they had been captured and taken captivity and they were beaten. And then at some point in time, they decided to release them. And these apostles, they walk away from being beaten and being flogged. And you know what their response is? Thank God. Thank God, not thank God that I got released, it's thank God that I got to bear the, the marks that, that my Savior, that I got to go through the kind of beating that my Savior, thank God that I got to share in His suffering. What did they do? They saw good gifts in the middle of circumstances, in the middle of situations that seemed not great. They walked away being thankful. And see, the Bible says that we go from strength to strength. That we go from strength to strength. You understand that going from one level, one degree of being strong, and going to the next one, what happens? There's going to have to be some pain involved. There's going to have to be some working out involved in the middle of it. But to get from strength to strength, there's some stuff that happens in the middle. And you get to choose whether or not in the middle you'll be thankful as you're going from one place to the next. Strength to strength. Strength to strength. In Ephesians 1 verse 3 it says, Blessed and worthy of praise be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Another reason to be thankful, because the Father has blessed us. He's given us good gifts. He's taken us from strength to strength. And he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. This is our Father, and he's good, and he's good. You see, God wants our homes he wants our lives, he wants our families, he wants our every day to day to be filled with thankfulness. That we would see things through the eyes of thankfulness. It is the actual will of God for us to be thankful. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks. This is the will of God. A lot of times we are like, what's, I just want to know what the will of God is for my life. Like, what's, what's God's will? Well, let me ask you this. Are you doing these things? Because this is the will of God. Yes, there's destiny things and plans and purposes that he has, but the will of God for your life is to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. How are you doing at that? <laughs> it's a question to ask ourselves and examine our own hearts. Am I rejoicing all the time? Is, is my life a prayer? Is my heart turned towards God all the time? Am I giving thanks no matter what? Because it's the will of God. It's His will for my life. 
It's his will for my life. So here's a question as we're examining our hearts. Are you mad all the time? Are you negative all the time? If you don't know, ask somebody. They'll tell you. <laughs> Say, hey, am I, am I prone to being negative lots? They'll probably, yeah, well, if you want me to honestly tell you, yeah, you probably are. If you don't know yourself, but chances are the Holy Spirit will tell you as well. Negativity is toxic. Being negative all the time, being unthankful is toxic. It's toxic to your body. It's toxic to the people around you. Negativity actually repels things. It, it, it repels people from you. It repels things from you. But thankfulness, thankfulness draws. Thankfulness is a magnet. It draws people to you. You, you know, it's easy to be around somebody that's thankful. You don't leave a thankful person's presence thinking you had the worst time of your life. Like that person just really drained me because they were too thankful for too many things. Because thankfulness is magnetic. Thankfulness sees things differently. They see the world around them differently. The world is full of people and circumstances that don't please us. If you are waiting for perfect circumstances to make you happy and to make you thankful, it ain't coming. It's never going to come. You are never going, I hate to burst your bubble, but you are never going to have a perfect life, perfect as in everything goes exactly the way that you want it to go to make you happy and everyone around you is going to react perfectly all the time so that you remain happy that's not going to happen so then you need to choose thankfulness you need to choose to see the gifts that God is handing out complaining is a sin. It does not please God. Faith pleases God. Complaining does not. And complaining is the opposite of faith. So the Bible says to rejoice always. That means rejoice no matter what. No matter what, I'm rejoicing. No matter what, I'm thankful. Rejoicing is a choice. Thankfulness is a choice. I get to choose those things. But complaining only happens when you are more mindful of your problem or your present circumstance than you are of the goodness of God. Again, the eyes of thankfulness. Complaining only happens when you are more mindful of your circumstance and your problem than you are of the goodness of God and who He is and what He does and how He takes care of you and how He breaks through thankfulness, you get a thankful heart through your choices. A thankful heart is produced when you choose joy, when you choose thankfulness, when you choose to rejoice. Psalms 118, 24 says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. A lot of us know this verse and we quote it, but sometimes it's good to slow it down a little bit and look at it with different eyes. And when I did this, I read this, and what jumped out at me was the words, in it. Today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. 
not just in the future, not just I'll be glad when, I will be glad, I will be thankful in this moment. In my present, right now, I will find something to be thankful for, right now, in this moment. We can, we, we don't have trouble, when we're about to go into a battle or we know that we're up against something and, and we arm ourselves and we pray and we get all you know, pumped up, we're ready, and, and we can grasp in our minds that we can be thankful before a circumstance, before the battle. We're thankful, we're happy, we're, woof, God's gonna come through, it's gonna be great. And then we have no problem grasping it after, after we walk out of the battle, after we saw God. Man, he did come through for me. How many times have we done that, right? Where, where you look back and you're like, huh, I don't know how I made it through, but I made it through. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, there were times where my husband and I had no money, no money at all. And we, had, we, we were borrowing toilet paper from the neighbors. And you know, borrowing coffee from people, whatever we could get. We, there were times where we had no money and we would just laugh. We would just laugh. We would actually rejoice in that moment because we knew there wasn't anything we could do, but we got through. And when we look back, we were like, how did we get through? How did we pay our mortgage? How did the bills get paid? How did we make it? We made it. And so it's easy to look back and say, I'm so thankful that we got through. I'm so thankful that we got through that. But where we really lose our marbles, where we really lose our mind, is in the middle. Is the, the part where we say, I'll rejoice and be glad in it. It's usually in it where we lose our minds. Where we can't be thankful. We begin to question where God went. How come he left me here in the middle of it? No, he says, rejoice in the Lord. Rejo That's not the verse. He says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it, in this moment. I heard a quote like this. It says, um, I, can, I can be thankful through it because God is in it. Why, why can I say I will, I will, um, that today is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it? Why can I say that I can rejoice in it? Why can I say that I'll be thankful in it? Because God's in it. He's in your moment. He's in your moment right now. He's in today. So be thankful today. Be thankful in it right now. What you focus on grows. It grows. So if you're focusing on unthankfulness, if you're focusing on negativity, it will begin to grow. It will begin to grow and affect all things of your life. But what will happen is you will begin to see things through the filter of negativity and, so, and ungratefulness. And you will look all around you in every part of your life and you will become negative and it will begin to grow because it will be the filter with which you see things. If you will choose thankfulness, if you will choose to be positive, if you will choose to be grateful, you will begin to look at things. I promise you this. You will begin to look at the world and you will become thankful. And you'll be more and more thankful as you begin to look at the things. And you will see God's hand working in all the things, in all the areas of your life. If you will choose to be thankful, it will grow. What you aren't appreciating is depreciating. There you go. What, what you aren't appreciating is depreciating. Second, Second Timothy 3 verse 2. We, we, I asked this question. I didn't ask this question actually. Um, what, how have we gotten to the place 
In our culture where negativity about everything has become the norm. It's just become the social norm. Like thankfulness isn't a social norm anymore. I want to read this verse to you. It says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. It's the sign of the times. People are going to become more and more unthankful. Among other things, obviously, but they're going to be more and more unthankful. But listen, this is not, this is not our path. This is not the path of people that follow Jesus. People that follow Jesus are thankful. In fact, the more that they follow Jesus, the more that they get to know Jesus, the more thankful that they are. So if your heart is being convicted today, it's like, wait, I'm see, I have been choosing negativity. Choose thankfulness. Choose thankfulness. Romans 1.21 says, For even though they knew God as the Creator, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks for His wondrous creation. On the contrary, they became worthless in their thinking, godless with pointless reasonings and silly speculations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. I want to point out, it says, even even though they knew God. So they knew him. They knew who he was. They, they knew him, but they did not honor him. Nor did they thank him. They didn't honor him, nor did they give him thanks. And it says, what, what happened to them? It says that they became worthless in their thinking. Godless with pointless reasonings and silly speculations, and their foolish hearts were darkened because they didn't honor him. I want to, I want to say a statement, a, a a bold statement, and I and I don't want to offend anyone, but I mean, if it speaks to your heart, then let it. But I think that we've become familiar sometimes. We can say that we're not thankful because we've become familiar with who God is. We've become familiar with whose presence we're in. We've become familiar with whose presence is in us. That we become unthankful. I want to take you to Luke 7. And uh, it's, it's the story of Simon, and he's a Pharisee, and he invites Jesus into his house for supper. And he says, Jesus, come over to my house for supper. And, and uh, so Jesus shows up, and he's sitting there. And I mean, we mentioned this last week. Then this woman barges in, and she's crying, and she gets at Jesus' feet, and she begins to wash his feet with her hair, pouring expensive um, perfume on his feet. And she's, she's just you know, beside herself with who Jesus is. She's honoring him. She's thanking him. She, she can't even stop. She's crying because she recognizes who Jesus is and who this person is. That she's come to honor. That she's come to worship. And look at this in verse 39. It says, when Simon saw what was happening, he thought, this man can't be a true prophet. If he were really a prophet, he would know what kind of sinful woman is touching him. Basically, um, what it's said, it's not 100% proven, but it, it, 
It seems as though, and scholars have said, that she was probably a prostitute. A prostitute who Jesus had touched her life, changed her life. And here she's come to, to pour everything back on him because you changed me. You showed up and my life changed. So then Jesus sees Simon. He doesn't even, Simon isn't even saying these things with his mouth. He just sees Simon thinking, I think, and he says to this to Simon, Simon, I have a word for you. Go ahead, teacher, I want to hear it, he answered. He says, it's a story, Jesus says, it's a story about two men who were deeply in debt. One owed the bank $100,000 and the other one owed $10,000. When it was obvious that neither of them would be able to repay their debts, the kind banker graciously wrote off the debts and forgave them all that they owed. Tell me, Simon, which of the two debtors would be the most thankful? Which one would love the banker most? And Simon answered, I suppose it would be the one with the greatest debts forgiven. Jesus agreed, said, you're right. And then he spoke to Simon about the woman still weeping at his feet. All this time, still weeping. I can't believe you came and changed my life. Where would I be? My whole life, I waited for you. My whole life, I hoped there would be somebody that would come and save me from my mess. Just imagine the things that she's saying. I tried to get free. I couldn't get free on my own. It was you that changed everything. And so he says, Jesus says to Simon, don't you see this woman kneeling here? She is doing for me what you didn't bother to do. When I entered your home as your guest, you didn't think about offering me water to wash the dust off my feet. Yet she came into your home and washed my feet with her many tears and then dried my feet with her hair. You didn't even welcome me into your home with the customary kiss of greeting. But from the moment I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't take the time to anoint my head with fragrant oil but she anointed my head and my feet with the finest perfume. She has been forgiven all of her many sins. This is why she has shown me such extravagant love. But those who assume they have very little to be forgiven will love me very little. I have to understand that in the custom of the day, when you were having a guest over to your house, when you were entertaining guests you spent days getting ready like this was a big deal it wasn't just like we're having spaghetti and meat sauce you you, you were setting the t you were just preparing everything for your guests to come and then when your guest arrived there were things that you did but one of them was you would anoint their head as this is our guest of honor and simon didn't do that and Jesus is pointing out, Simon, you recognize that she came and honored me. She did what you didn't. She recognized who was in her presence. In fact, she went after it. As Simon didn't recognize who he had in his presence. And he became familiar. And I wonder sometimes if we do the exact same thing, like, yeah, it's just Jesus. 
yeah, he came into my heart and I had this moment 25 years ago, it was amazing. But not recognizing who lives in us, who's among us, whose presence fills our homes, who's calling out to us daily to come, spend time with me, be with me. I think because of that familiarity, we aren't thankful. Or another in this passage is that she recognized how much she was forgiven. And some of us think that we weren't forgiven much. Things to think about in your own heart. Am I, am I aware of just how awesome God is? Am I aware of just how much I was saved? Am I aware of this king of majesty who wants to sit and talk with me? Am I aware of all the things that he's done for me in my life? Am I aware of who he is? Have I let familiarity with this, this, this Christianity of I go to church on Sundays and that's Christian life. That's not Christian life. That's, that's not what Christian life is. It's good. You're supposed to gather together. That's one of the things. Christian life is chasing after the person of Jesus. That's, that's what Christianity is, is being consumed with who he is and following after who he is because he changed my life. So I'm going to show up wherever I have to show up because I am after Jesus. And all I want to do is bring him honor and give him thanks. Because back to Romans 121, it says, for even though they knew God, even though they knew him, Gosh, don't let us be guilty of that. That we knew him and we did not honor him as God or give him thanks. That, that wrecks me. Because on the contrary, because they didn't honor him or give him thanks, they became worthless in their thinking, godless, with pointless reasonings and silly speculation and their foolish heart was darkened. The absence of thankfulness in your life leaves the door open to sin. It takes your eyes off of him. It takes your eyes off of him. Darkened, thankless hearts are unmoved by the desires and affections of the Lord. And therefore, they cannot respond to his invitation to relationship, which is their very source of life. I'll say that again. Darkened, thankless hearts are unmoved by the desires and the affections that the Lord has for you. And therefore, you cannot respond to his invitation to relationship which is your very source of life. Do you see the importance of thankfulness, of choosing to be thankful, that no matter what, that you rejoice in it, that you're thankful in it, no matter what it is, from strength to strength. Psalms 136, 
says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. If you have nothing else to be thankful for your life, you can be thankful that he is good. He is good and he'll get you through it. He's good. It says for his loving kindness, his graciousness, his mercy, his compassion endures forever. It says, give thanks to the God of gods for his loving kindness endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords for his loving kindness endures forever. Loving kindness, that word loving kindness, it means mercy, kindness, and his goodness. But it also means that he bends himself low. Give thanks to God for he is good. Because his mercy and his goodness and his kindness bends itself towards us meets us where we're at. Even when God's dealing with our hearts, when, when he's saying, hey, you know, you're, you're super negative, by the way, <laughs> or, or whatever, there's some areas of your life that you're not thankful. It is the kindness, it's the goodness, it's the mercy of God, it's the loving kindness of God bending itself towards you, saying, hey, I got a better way. I got a better way. Just lastly, I, I, I want to read from Psalms 100, verse 4. It says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless and praise his name. It is the very gate. Thanksgiving is the very gate to the presence of God. It is the front door to his presence. And thanksgiving is when it comes out of your mouth to him. God, I'm thankful. It should be when you wake up, one of the first things you should say is thank you. God, thank you. It's the fruit of your lips giving thanks. The fruit of your lips giving praise. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. God, thank you for this. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my animals. Thank you for my spouse. Thank you for the people working right now. Thank you that you've got me. Thank you that I have times where I can, I have more time now than I ever have to be able to spend time with you. Thank you that I have this food. Thank you for whatever you can. Thank you for the trees. Thank you that when I go outside, I get to look at your beautiful creation. Thank you, God. It is the very door, front door, to the presence of God. If you want to know where the presence of God is, it's where your voice of thanks is. Thanksgiving is the entryway to knowing the presence of God. It's the beginning. It's, it's, at the, it's right at the front door. You say thanks, you walk in. You begin to turn your heart towards thankfulness. You walk right in. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You'll feel the presence of God begin to move in. Thank you, God. It's like it's like it's a it's like a blueprint. It's like a map. He says, "You want to come into the presence of God? Give me thanks." It's the entryway. Then you begin to give praise. If you want to know the difference between thanks and praise, this is not what I was going to preach on. But hey, I'll tell you. <laughs> Thanksgiving is when you're thankful for the things that God has done for you. 
that you're thankful for what He's done. I'm so thankful that you've supplied my needs. I'm so thankful that you gave me my children. I'm so thankful that you've taken care of me. Praise is when you, you give adoration and thanks for who He is. That's what praise is, for who He is. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. You are majestic and you are mighty and you are holy. That's praise. And thanksgiving is when you're thankful for the things that He's done for you. Psalms 107 says, let everyone give all their praise and thanks to the Lord. Here's why. He's better than anyone could ever imagine. We can't even imagine how good he is. Yet we get to receive it and we get to see it. That's crazy. Yes, he's always loving and he's always kind. Listen to that. He's always loving and He's always kind. You need to understand that. That's a truth right there. Some of you think that God's not kind. Or maybe He's sometimes kind or kind to who He chooses to be. He's always kind to everyone. It's who He is. And, he's, and His faithful love never ends. So go ahead. Let everyone know it. Tell the world how he broke through and delivered you from the power of darkness. And he gathered us together from all over the world. He has set us free to be his very own. Some of us once wandered in the wilderness like desert nomads with no true direction or dwelling place, starving, thirsting, staggering. We became desperate and filled with despair. Then we cried out, Lord, help us, rescue us. And he did. I'm going to finish this in a second. I just, it says here that some of us wandered in the wilderness like desert nomads with no true direction or dwelling place. If you're, if you're watching this right now and you're like, I feel like that. I, I am that person. I feel like I've always been looking for something and I, I could never quite find out what it was that I'm looking for. Something always feels like it's missing in my life. I'm telling you right now, it's Jesus. I'm, I'm telling you, it's who it is. It's there. You were born wanting to know Jesus. It was always meant to be filled with Jesus. It goes on to say, I was starving, thirsting, staggering. And we became desperate and filled with despair. Do you feel like any of those? It's, you need Jesus. It's Jesus that's wanting to fill those things. And then it says this, then I cried out, Lord, help us, rescue us. And he did. This is it. This is your moment. This is your moment, the moment that you've been waiting for, the moment that you've been searching for. All you have to do is cry out, Lord, save us, rescue me. And he will. And he will. Before I finish the rest of this verse, I just want to pray, listen, if you want Jesus to come into your life, what we're talking about, this kind, compassionate, loving we don't do it just because this makes us feel good. We do it because we knew we were missing something. And he poured his incredible love out on us. And our response is always just to pour it back on him because we don't know who we'd be without him. So all you have to do is say, come into my life. It's not about the words as much as it is about your heart. And then just in this moment, Jesus, 
I've been looking for something. I've been searching my whole life and you've brought me to this moment. Be my Lord and Savior. Rescue me. Save me. Wash me clean. I don't want to be the same. I want to be changed. I want to know you. I want to experience you. I want your presence in my life. Come, fill me. I may not even know what all of this is about, but I feel something. So come, fill me, save me, rescue me. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then he does. If you said that prayer, and then he does. He comes in and he changes everything. So if you did say the prayer, reach out to us, message us on Facebook or um, in the comments below that are going on right now, just say, hey, somebody, somebody tell me more. I need to know more, somebody tell me more. And you'll have people that will contact you. And if you did, welcome. Did you know? Welcome into the family of God. This was the place you were born for. This was the place you were meant to be all along. And I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about the family of God, knowing who God is, knowing Jesus. I'll continue verse seven. It says, he led us right into the place of safety and abundance, a suitable city to dwell in. I'll just point out that if you are here and you didn't know Jesus before, he led you to this place. Then verse eight, it says, so lift your hands and thank God for his marvelous kindness and for all of the miracles of mercy for those he loves. I just want us to take a moment right now in our homes, with our families, on our own, with our animals, whatever, whatever your um, surroundings look like, just take a moment and say, God, there are many things I've missed it on and haven't been thankful for. But I'm choosing thankfulness. I'm choosing to see that even in the middle of storms, I'm thankful. Because while I'm going through it, you're in it. So I can be thankful. I'm thankful for how you've got me to this place in my life. You've got me through and you'll continue to. I'm thankful that I even get to know you. I'm thankful that you poured your love out on me. I'm thankful for the people you've placed in my life. I'm thankful for whatever you're thankful for. Let thankfulness begin to pour out of your heart. Say, Holy Spirit, when I begin to get into unthankfulness and ungratefulness, let me know so that I can correct it in a moment. I want to live a life of thankfulness. I want to live a, a life of thankfulness in your presence. And then the other thing that I want you to do today is if you're with a family, I want you to just take time today and just begin to say thank you to the people around you. 
you're having lunch after this or whatever, begin to be thankful. Just tell somebody, take a moment, think about it. What am I, why am I thankful for these people in my life? Why am I thankful for my children? Why am I thankful for my spouse? Why am I thankful for my mother-in-law who lives with me? I don't know if your mother-in-law lives with you, but why am I thankful? Tell them. If you're on your own, call a friend. Think of people in your life. There's people in your life. Just call them and say, listen, I just want to let you know that I'm thankful. I believe as I was, as I was um, getting ready for the service today and praying, I believe that this morning was a morning of restoration, restoration of relationships in whatever capacity. I'm not just talking about families that are together. I'm talking about if you have um, maybe even spouses that you're not talking to or, you're have, or, or you have friends or parents and, and we're not seeing each other, but there's been a rift. I, um, I believe that this morning is a morning of restoration in relationships. And, and sometimes it takes us taking the first step. And I believe that there's a Racing and there's an anointing by God. He's saying, restore those things. Reach out and just say, hey, I am thankful for you in my life. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for the times. Think about why am I thankful for this person and reach out. Begin to touch people. Begin to touch as many people as you can. Remember, thankfulness is magnetic. Thankfulness spreads. Whatever you don't appreciate, depreciates. Begin to tell people that you're thankful. Just in your homes today, just, hey, I'm thankful. Jordan, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your piano playing. Charity, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the media department. I'm thankful for all of you. Just begin to cultivate a lifestyle and start right now of thankfulness. And then most importantly, even more than thanking the people around you, take time today, go for a walk. It's supposed to be super nice. But social distance, stay away from people. <laughs> Go for a drive in your homes, shut your bedroom door, get on your hands and knees and just thank him. Just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you that I'm not alone, thank you. And just begin to cultivate a life of thankfulness. Verse eight, so lift your hands and thank God for his marvelous kindness and for all his miracles of mercy for those he loves. God, we are so thankful. We don't want to take you for granted. We don't want to take the things that you've done for us for granted. There's things that we don't even know that you've done for us. There's times you've saved us and we didn't even know it. Thank you. Thank you for your kindness and your love towards us. For the gifts that you've given us, even in the middle of circumstances, caused us to grow. Wow, you're so loving. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, like I said, oh, he's so good. I'm, just having a moment up here. <laughs> um, like I said, it's supposed to be super nice.